Notice the result of abiding in Jesus is much fruit. That's really what it is. So apart from his redemptive saving work in our hearts and lives, we can do nothing of eternal value. Even the horticulturalists and the the botanists, they know that no one can survive apart. Nothing can survive without it being attached to the vine or the root. It's just not possible. Welcome, everyone, to Truth in Christ Radio, a Bible-teaching radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Rochester with senior pastor and teacher Rob Kellogg. The purpose of the branch is to bear fruit. Though there are uses for grape leaves, people don't raise grapevines to look at the pretty leaves. They take the trouble to cultivate, plant, water, and tend to the vines so that the fruit can be enjoyed. In this sense, we can say that the fruit represents Christian character, such as the fruit of the Spirit in the book of Galatians chapter 5. God's work in us and our connection to Him should be evident by fruit, and perhaps by much fruit. Now let's join Pastor Rob as he concludes this portion in the Gospel of John, chapter 15. I've got this and this and this to do, and then I've got to be down at town at 2 o'clock for a meeting, and don't you dare interrupt me because this is my plan. And God says, well... You prayed this morning that for me to use you, right? Yeah. Well, what happens if you're on your way to that 2 o'clock meeting and you have a flat tire? Well, that's really going to be upsetting to me because I'm going to lose that account because of the meeting. He's like, don't worry about the other account. i got a better plan. Because somebody's going to drive up next to you and help you with that tire, and you're going to talk to them, and that person's going to receive me on the spot. <laughs> Which is more important? Which is more important? And so sometimes when we are interrupted, it is the Lord interrupting us. But we need to be walking in the Spirit, asking Him to be involved in our life daily. What does it tell us in Galatians? I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you, will not, you shall not fill the lust of the flesh. And by walking in the Spirit, we are actively abiding in Christ. In fact, in Romans, it says, For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is enmity or hatred against God, for it is not subject to the law, nor indeed can it be, so then those who are in the flesh cannot please God. But you are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if indeed the Spirit of God dwells in you. Do you see the difference? If the Spirit of God dwells in you, then you are in the Spirit. And then we need to walk in it. We need to actively be willing to do it instead of being a resistance. Instead of resisting the Spirit of God, let the resistance go. There shouldn't be any resistance. You know, we can put a tourniquet around our life with God. And he says, will you just take that thing off? And I can flow freely through your life. And you take a garden hose and you kink it. That, that thing's not, you're not going to be walking in the Spirit. 
So don't resist him. Give him everything. And what does it tell us also in Ephesians? See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, uh, redeeming the time because the days are evil. This word circumspectly means to walk diligently, to walk purposefully. To look around. I'm in a fishbowl. Do you know that you live in a fishbowl as a Christian? People are watching you. And we need to walk circumspectly. That means carefully, diligently. That means that I've got to examine everything that I do. And you know, it's, it's a lot easier when we just stop thinking about it and we just start abiding. The more you abide, the less you have to worry about all the stuff, right? See, I really think it's much easier than what people think. You know, some people are just of the mindset where it's like, well, I've got to do this, I've got to do that. And before long, man, they're just, oh, and they're just full of angst because they're afraid. They're afraid. I'm afraid of messing up today. Hey, listen, just relax. Just relax. And just walk with the Lord. It's that simple. You're going to make mistakes. We're going to make mistakes. Confess them. Move on. But ask the Lord, Lord, fill me today. And just help me not to be a stubborn stick in the mud. Have you ever been a stubborn stick in the mud? I have. Sometimes I can just be so obstinate. I'm like just a rock. And he's like, oh, goodness. Do you ever feel like that? A rockhead? A blockhead. That's what I am. But notice in verse 4, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, abides in the vine. You see, we Gentiles were grafted into the olive tree. But the natural branches were Israel. And with them, we Gentiles become partaker of the root and the fatness of that olive tree. Paul tells us in Romans 11, he says, For if they're being cast away, speaking of Israel, for if they're being cast away is the reconciling of the world, because through them the Scripture came, through the Jews Jesus came, giving us salvation. If they're casting away as the reconciling of the world, what will their acceptance be but life from the dead? For if the first fruit is holy, the lump is also holy. And if the root is holy, so are the branches. And if some of the branches were broken off, and you, he's speaking of Gentiles, being a wild olive tree, were grafted in among them, and with them become a partaker of the root and the fatness of the olive tree, do not boast against the branches. But if you do boast, remember that you do not support the root, but the root supports you. That's good information. The root supports you. And you will say then, branches were broken off. Israel was broken off that we might be grafted in. He says, well said. Because of unbelief they were broken off. And you stand by faith, but do not be haughty, but fear. For if God did not spare the natural branches, he may not spare you either. (laughs) Therefore consider the goodness and the severity of God. On those who fell, severity, but toward you, goodness. And if you continue in his goodness... Otherwise, you will also be cut off. And they also, if they do not continue, if they do not continue in unbelief, will be grafted in. For God is able to graft them in again. For if you were cut out of the olive tree, which is wild by nature, and were grafted contrary to nature into a cultivated olive tree, how much more will these, who are natural branches, be grafted into their own olive tree? Isn't that amazing? We Gentiles were grafted into the the blessings of Israel and the blessings and the promises. And yes, he broke off those branches of that wild olive or that that tree, and that was Israel. But he's going to return. He's got a lot more work to do in them. And many of them are a part of the church today, which praise God for that. 
But we are the ones that are grafted in. Hallelujah. I remember, so there's no such thing as replacement theology. (laughs) In other words, the church has not replaced Israel. The church has not replaced Israel. God has a plan for them. He's got a plan for the church, which is made up of Jew and Gentile. But he's going to deal with Israel. We read about it in, in in Revelation, in the Great Tribulation, he's going he's gonna to do a lot of work in them. And they've got a hard road ahead of them. Pray for them. Seriously, and don't be afraid to witness to, to a Jewish people. Yes, they can be stubborn, but so can we. But we need to show them, more than speaking to them, which we need to do, we need to show them the love of God and not just beat them over the head and make them feel, you know, say, well, Jesus was the Messiah and he was a Jew and why aren't you, you know, believing in him? What a hypocrite. All of your scriptures, all the Jews, you know, it's all about Jesus. And why can't you see Jesus? People get like that with them. And they're like, whoa. Remember, they are just a person who needs salvation. They've been given a lot. And God has taken them to task. But he's not done with them. He's not done with them. But we were grafted in. But notice... As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in me. See, we can't bear good fruit unless we are abiding. Unless the branch is abiding in the vine, we cannot bear any fruit. And it tells us this in Psalm 1. What does it say? He, blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. This is somebody who is not abiding in Christ. Because first they're... They're walking in the counsel of the ungodly, and then they're standing in the way of sinners. Next thing you know, they're getting out a lazy boy recliner. And they're sitting in the seat of the scornful. They've made, they're now abiding in a different thing. They're not abiding in Christ anymore. They're abiding in the ways of death. They're abiding in the things that are not of God. And then notice in the very next verse, everything changes. But the blessed man is the one who delights himself in the law of the Lord, and and in his law he meditates day and night. And notice verse 3, He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf will also not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. That wonderful tree. Have you ever seen a tree by a stream? I love going by and seeing streams and walking along a stream and seeing this big, beautiful tree, just so happy to be there. It's like, man, I could have been planted anywhere. I could have been in the, in the desert, in the Sahara Desert. But look at me, man, I'm right here next to this creek in Penfield. And all the water's going by all the time, and I just, my roots are all down, and then just like, oh. Receiving all the water, the nutrients, I'm just soaking, I'm a sponge. Oh, and the branches are tall and green and beautiful. (laughs) Amazing. That's the life of a believer who's abiding in Christ. You're plugged in to him. But we look at other instances in the scripture. Jesus said to those Jews, and this is John chapter 8, he said to those who believed in him, if, here's a conditional statement, isn't it? If you, abide, if, if, if you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. If you're abiding in me, you are going to be my disciple, and the truth is going to set you free. And in John 14, 15, he says, if you love me, then keep my commandments. Are his commandments so grievous? No, they're not. They're good. 
And he who has my commandments and keeps them, uh, John fourteen twenty one, is he who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and manifest myself to him. And then Jesus finally said in uh, the 23rd verse of John 14, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word. And my Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. He who does not love me does not keep my words. So you actually see then, those who are abiding in Christ are keeping his word. They're loving him. They're keeping his commandments. Now, that doesn't mean that you are perfect in them. But here's the thing that we do when we, when we blow it, we make a mistake. What do we do? We confess. We confess our sin. And, and, and God says, I accept that. On the behalf of my son's blood, I accept that. And now it's as if you've never done it before. Let's go on. <laughs> And that's how easy it is. But notice these conditional statements because you can be a believer and not be a disciple. Let me suggest that if you're not a disciple of Jesus, you'll not be a very fulfilled Christian. And you may, as a result, struggle even with your assurance of salvation if you're not abiding in Him. If you're not a disciple of Jesus, you're going to struggle because you're not giving yourself over completely. It doesn't mean that you're not going to heaven, but it means experientially your life is going to not, not going to be what it could be and even what it should be because of your own rebellion, because of my rebellion. In Matthew 7, Jesus said, Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravening wolves. And notice, you'll know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? The obvious answer is no. Even so, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a bad tree bear good fruit. Sounds like a Dr. Seuss thing, doesn't it? But he's making the point very clear and very simply. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a bad tree bear good fruit. But every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Therefore, by their fruits you will know them. If you're abiding in Christ, there's going to be fruit in your life. And if you're not abiding in Christ, there's going to be no fruit. There's going to be no fruit. And if you're not abiding in Him, you've got to ask yourself the question, do I really belong to Him? Or am I just a, a chino? A Christian in name only. <laughs> Am I a Chino? <laughs> Am I a Christian in name only? See, Judas was a Chino. He was a Christian in name only. He appeared to be a vine as he was there with the twelve, and none of them suspected Judas for a minute. He was part of the vine, or at least he thought he was. Everyone thought he was. Jesus was the only one who knew better. But the rest of the guys, they thought, hey, he's one of the branches too. But was he one of the branches? No, he wasn't. He never was. But he appeared as a branch. And let me tell you, Judas is in hell. And one day he will, be, he will spend an eternity in the lake of fire. Forever. In a new body that will be able to withstand the flames of hell forever and ever and ever. Notice verse 5, Jesus said, I am the vine, you are the branches, and he who abides in me and I in him bears much, 
much fruit. For without me you can do no, nothing. Notice the result of abiding in Jesus is much fruit. That's really what it is. So apart from his redemptive saving work in our hearts and lives, we can do nothing of eternal value. Even the horticulturalists and the, the botanists, they know that no one can survive apart. Nothing can survive without it being attached to the vine or the root. It's just not possible. It gets everything it needs from its source. And Jesus is the source. He's the source of life. He's everlasting life. He's our sustenance. He's our provider. We're going to stop there. (laughs) We got through the first five. And we'll continue this next week and we'll finish the chapter next week. But I want to encourage you to abide in Christ. Take those things and, and really examine your heart this week. God forbid none of us are actually playing a game. But there are people who play games. They're imposters. See, the devil would love to join Calvary Chapel. And he would be fine sitting here. But he's an imposter. His heart is not to draw near to the Lord, rather it's to draw other people away from the centrality of the Word of God. And if you're one of those people today who, who comes and rather than supporting what the Lord is doing and rather than wanting to abide yourself, but if your intention is to look like a branch, but really you're seeking to draw other disciples to yourself, maybe to a doctrine of your own, you better be careful. And in fact, if your doctrine, if the things that you're trying to spread are not in the Word of God, I would ask you to leave. And don't come back until you're ready to hear the Word of God and humble your heart. It's called a wolf. And they're also wolfettes. Female wolves. If you want to abide in Christ, you're welcome Because I want to continue to abide in Christ. I want to continue in this process of abiding and soaking up the nutrients and the the good provender that God gives us. He leads us beside the still waters in the green grass of plenty. (laughs) He leads us beside those things. That's what I want. Is that what you want? Because if it is, then we're here together and we're getting blessed and we're getting encouraged. But if you're here with some ulterior motive, then I would ask you to leave. If If you want to resist that work, then leave. But we must abide because Jesus wants to us to abide in him. So examine your life this week, and I'll do the same. We should always be doing that because it's a constant thing, isn't it? It's not just something we do once. It's something, because sanctification is what? A process. It's a process. It takes time. God is working in every one of us, and we're all in different places. And, you know, I love that. Because there's some people who are really mature in their walk with the Lord. They've been walking with Him for some time. There's some people who are just, they've just been born in a sense. They may be 52 years old. They may be 80 years old. They just got saved and they're, they're young in the Lord. And it's okay. We can all do this together. We're going to make our mistakes. We're going to say things wrong to each other. Can we just get over ourselves? 
Instead of looking at each other and, and you know, do you understand that? That we're all, we're, we're, you know, many of us are walking in, re- some, well, I'm not saying many of us, but some of us are continuing to walk in rebellion and others are abiding. And it takes time and we're looking at each other and stop looking at each other too much and pointing fingers and saying, well, I'm doing this, but you're not doing that. Hey, you know what? That's a critical heart. What did Jesus say to Peter? You follow me. Don't worry about him. You keep your eyes on me, Peter. Don't worry about John. I got a plan for him. I got a plan for you. Stop comparing yourself to others. Let's abide in the vine. And we're all at different places. We're all at different maturities in our walk. Let's learn, just understand that, that in any church, and this is where squabbles start and, and, and problems of disunity when people especially the older folks who are in the Lord, you should know this by now. When you see a young believer, instead of browbeating them and making them feel like they don't belong here, why don't you draw alongside of them and help them? Because they're young. They don't know. But you are experienced. You've grown in the Lord. Use that growth and grow in grace and love these people. When you see them making their blatant mistakes and their silly things that they do, some churches, some people will be like, I can't believe him. Can you believe him? And they get on the phone. You know? And it's like, really? You're going to do that to people? Hey, you were like that once. Let's love one another. Isn't that what Jesus said? If you're abiding me, love one another. At all of our different, with all of our spots and speckles and wrinkles and gashes and all of our imperfections, can we just grow and love one another in spite of all these things and just realize we're all on the, we're all on the same page. We're growing. Can we grow together and be like, not like some churches can be, some churches, it's a war zone. Everyone's fighting and bickering and complaining and gossiping about everybody else. Let's not do that. Let's abide in his love. And truly love God and love people, regardless of where they're at. Just encourage them. Let God do the work. It's not up to you. It's not up to me. Amen? Amen. Let's stand together. Oh, Father, we just thank you uh, for this passage, Lord. There's so much here. But, Lord, we ask that you would help us to rediscover, Lord, where we are at. Are, Are we truly abiding in you, Father? Have we stopped examining our lives and, and, and said to ourselves, I've gone far enough, I'm comfortable with where I'm at, and, and have gone no further. Lord, help us to not allow that mindset, to not allow that heart to creep in. And if it is there, Father, forgive us and cleanse us and prune us if necessary, that we might bear more fruit, that we might abide in you, Lord God. And so please cause us to grow, Lord. Help us to abide in you, Jesus how we thank you for this time together and pray that, Lord, you would just fill this place, fill this place with your love. And I pray that for everyone here, God, that they would know how much you love them. You love people, God, and you love everybody here at Calvary Chapel in spite of our spots and wrinkles and warts and pimples and everything else. Lord, you love us immensely. And Lord, help us just be willing to be loved by you and help us to treat each other well to treat each other well, and so we shall be your disciples. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
That's all the time we have for today, but please join us next time as Pastor Rob continues our study in the book of John. Calvary Chapel of Rochester is located at 2503 Browncroft Boulevard, Rochester, New York, 14625. You can reach us at our church office between 9 a.m. and 4 p.m. Monday through Friday at area code 585-586-3140. If you would like to have an audio CD of today's message mailed to you in its unedited form, simply mention today's date when contacting our church office. You can also contact us via the web by logging on to www.calvaryrochester.com. There you will be able to access a number of useful things such as our location, service times, information concerning our beliefs, our ministries, contact information, and information regarding Bread of Life Academy, our new school opening in the fall of 2023. Just click the school link at the top of the page for more information. Additionally, you may also download or listen to the radio and sanctuary messages free of charge from the teachings link at the top of the page. To listen to Calvary Chapel of Rochester's Sanctuary Messages or Truth in Christ Radio on your mobile device, just subscribe to both through Google Play Podcast or Apple Podcast. You may also join us on Sundays and Thursdays through live streaming of our services and Bible studies. Just click on the online services link. We're so glad that you could join us today. And if there is any way we can bless you in your walk with Jesus Christ, please don't hesitate to call our church office. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And for this cause, I have come into the world that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. May God bless you in abundance today as you walk with him. And until next time, this has been Truth in Christ.